Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me. Yeah, that's the fella, Andy Goldstein, your host. And what a podcast you have managed to download free of charge unless, of course, you've hit that subscribe button and it just appears like some kind of David Blaine trick in your inbox every morning. Anyway, we begin with a show which is presented by Danny Kelly, ironically, whose name is not even in the title of Simon Jordan's final word. Yeah, me neither. Anyway... On their wonderful show you can hear on Sunday nights, they had a very emotional Newcastle caller called Peter. Or, of course, as a lot of his friends probably know him better as Peter Mann. The unbelievable support we have. And to be witnessing them singing the way they were, where the team is that helpless, then it takes a... They take big supporters. I hope they have a decent trip home. And personally, you'd like to apologise and thank them because they were immense. We went from a manager the calibre of a Champions League winning manager in Rafa Benitez to a clueless, inept clown in Steve Bruce who Danny Kelly could do a better job as a football manager. I don't know about that. I could. We've broken our transfer record on a centre-forward who Mr Bruce is now playing as a winger when he brings Andy Carroll on. I'm fit of it. I've got half a right to sit both my knees. I don't know what we've signed them. Even if we pay in the morning 10 grand a week, we shouldn't have signed them. The guy cannot move. We're going to have three relegations. How can you defend your mate, Mr Ashley, over having that record on his ownership than Simon? Oh, Peter, I'm not defending him. If you listen to what I actually say, on numerous occasions I've said that in the situation that Mike finds himself in, that this is probably the best thing he can do is find a buyer and find somebody that wants to take the football club on. Yeah, well, I think, I, I, I think, he, I think, Peter, I think he does want to sell the club, but I don't think he wants to sell the club for anything. And this is the point. He's using our club as a marketing ploy for sports well, I have to say, Peter, listen, I have to say that Sports Direct had already made a billion quid before Newcastle United ever came on the scene. But I understand your point of view and your motivity, but look at the balancing f- factor. You know, Ashley isn't for you, and I understand the reasons for that. And I also understand and, and believe that you're right, that there is a situation where Mike should really want to get out of this club and facilitate a solution that enables it to be bought. But by the same token, I don't think as a businessman, whether you like this or you don't, he's going to sell that football club for anything less than he wants to get for it now well, unfortunately no pounds. you're right i agree with you i'm glad that you've said that can i ask you a question then simon yep. please can i ask you a, a polite sensible of question course. if you, you're a businessman yep. and i know you've lost a few quid but I you're have a good businessman yep. 
And your partner's a good business lady, by the way. Thank you. So, use no business. How much would you say, realistically, Mike should be asking so we can get that erroneous man out of our football club so we can get Mr. Steve Bruce to either do the honourable thing in the morning and resign yep. and get a manager of the calibre of Benitez back in charge of our club. What would you say is a really realistic asking price for our great football club. Well, I think ultimately it's a difficult one and I'll answer it but I'll also tell and qualify it by saying you know, there is an element of what Mike Ashley wants for that football club is based upon what he thinks it owes him. But to answer your question specifically I would find it difficult to want to pay anything more for Newcastle United than the Americans paid for Crystal Palace. So I would think that somewhere in the region of 150 million to 175 million that's quid... Asking, Simon. Yeah, that's, but that's the price I would agree with because the thing is, right, I'm not just having a go at Mr Bruce, our club has been rotten for 12 years since, and I'm, I was never a big lover of Freddie Shepard, by the I, way. I know you were. Sir John was the great man at our club. Sir John was the great man. Sir John made the mistake of selling all his shares to Shepard, which he shouldn't have done, because Shepard didn't have the money. Now, Mike Ashley's come in, and in 12 years, like I've said, this season we're going to survive a third relegation in 12 well, you're not years. Down, you're not down yet, Peter. No, you know... I'm a depressed season ticket holder, Danny. What else am I supposed to think? Staying with Sunday, the Barry Glendening Show. The warm down, I think it's called. With Barry and his mate... Huh? No, me neither. Barry Glendening. A uh, quick game of Carbhouse, Barry. OK. OK, here we go. Michael Branch Scott Sellers Glenn Pennyfeather Scott Demmel Glenn Cockrell Phil Starbuck Phil King Jason Dazelle Phil Chappell Chris Columbia. Scott Oaks. Ray Varadi. Mel Sterland. Mustafa Hadji. Yusuf Chippo. Roger Joseph. Stuart Barlow. Ruben Agbula. Russell Beardsmore. Clayton Blackmore. Lee Sinnott Kingsley Black Franz Carr Ian Marshall Timothy Atuba Ian Ormondroyd John Polston Ian Bishop Robert Allathorn Ian Wohn Ian Culverhouse yes. Hey we said the show was going to be flat, but that was a fantastic game there, Barry. Uh, well played. Dave says, did you say Glenn Pe- Pennyfeather? It should be replayed or forfeit if you did. Um, because uh, uh, this is uh, Matt says, Glenn Pennyfather, not Feather. Ooh. I've always said, Glenn, I've always called him Glenn Pennyfeather. But is it, have I Glenn Pennyfeathered when I should have Glenn Pennyfathered? I mean, that this, this is a serious... I, I- 
It's a serious accusation. I thought Glenn Pennyfeather was... But I've always... I thought it was a great move. I've always Pennyfeathered, but perhaps you Pennyfather. I mean, obviously, the game changes, doesn't it? And so, look, Ooh. maybe... Is that a ban? Uh, it's... it's we're not, Glenn we're not, Pennyfather. We're, we're, not, we're not raising the uh, paddy in... Three hundred and fifteen appearances in the football league mm-hmm. for Southend United, Crystal mm-hmm. Palace, Ipswich Town, Bristol City. Mm-hmm. Before moving into non-league football with Stevenage Borough and Canvey Island, mm. then Penny Father. Well, anyway, uh, listen. We'll, I'm, I, the court of arbitration for Culverhouse will it will uh, make its decision. I think it's pretty cut and dry. This is from Saturday and Fight Night with Gareth A. Davis, Spencer Oliver, and the Welsh boxer Cody Davis. Can I just ask you one serious thing before you do go, though? And, and um, your, your sister passed away tragically um, earlier this year. Um, and I know that it's something that you've re- you're very plugged into and that a lot of fighters take these things because you're, you're all spiritual guys in many ways and you use it as great motivation in your life. Yeah, of course. You know, it's always it's, it's a devastation for my, my entire family. Um, it, was, it was all unexpected and... And as I explained before, it turned my life upside down. You, you talk about being spiritual and being religious and things like that, but when, when something that catastrophic happens, and um, and you're there and you see you see things firsthand, and you know you feel everything proper, then everything gets shaken. Relig- religion gets shaken. Ev- everything gets shaken. You know you start to question everything. You, you question life itself. You question everything. It's a terrible, terrible time. I wish it upon nobody. People say you're going to use it as motivation, use it as this or that, blah, blah. I'm not using it as nothing. No, of course I'm not. I'm not going to use the fact that I've lost my sister as, as anything. What's, what it's done for me is, is is made me prioritize my life a lot more efficiently. You know, I've, I've got a lot more stronger morals right now. Um, I, I feel a lot more grateful for, for what I have. I've got a fantastic family. I've got a beautiful girlfriend. I've, I've got a fantastic boxing coach. You know, it, it makes me appreciate things like that. You know, back back a couple of years ago, everything was going great. You know, all my family was here. Every, everything was good. We fallen upon some hard times, and then, and you know, it makes you realize that you you have to appreciate where you go. If you don't appreciate where you go, you don't you don't you know why why not? You know, you it's it's, it's a gift. It's a gift. Every person that loves you is a gift, and everything good and everything positive is they're all gifts. And you need, really need to to treasure those people in your life and make sure that they know as well. You know, if there's one thing I could do now. It'd be to have one, one one more conversation with my sister, you know, to, to touch her one more time, to to speak to her again, and and I think people who who are in the position that I was in a couple of years back when everything was perfect, you know, you got to let these people know, and yeah, if if I if I learned if if I could give any advice from from what I dealt with, is that you need to make sure your loved ones know that you appreciate them. I'm Adrian Durham, and this is Talksport Daily. Back now to Sunday and Simon Jordan's final word, which, of course, if you know Simon, will never, ever happen. I'll come back to my my response to Tottenham possibly approaching Gareth Southgate. What I think we would want to say is that management has changed a lot in the last 10 years since he was in Middlesbrough, and he seems to have completely changed as well. He's incredibly media savvy, as you say. He seems to have got the players on his side. I mean... Should we hold that relegation against him or has the world changed a lot since then? No, of course. That's like saying that somebody can never evolve and become any better than they they once were. But it's like looking at where Gareth Southgate really is as a football manager, looking at what his expertise has become. He's become a very well-rounded, media-savvy, as you say, England manager at a time 
when the England management job has probably changed a lot more than in previous incarnations, with previous incumbents having a different level of expectation or facility or preparedness to be able to change the mould. And Southgate seems to have a, a, a lot of that. There's, there is a vast difference, and 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 I think you would accept it between managing an international side and managing a Premier League side on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. When you think of Southgate, Dan, mm-hmm. when you close your eyes and think of him, what do you take away from the thought? Is it what are the attributes that Southgate represents to you? Um, I, I guess it, it is that he's a very decent and straightforward sort of fellow who's developed a good relationship with the, with the press. He's got a group of very talented England players um, to to do reasonably well. They got to the semi final of the World Cup. They got to the closing stages of the Nations League. Um, I think he's over prone to changing the team and going younger and younger and younger and younger. We're going to end up with embryos playing for England. <laughs> yeah. um, nothing about him at the moment. I mean, if, if he's listening, Gareth, this is no criticism. You've done as well as any England manager has done for a long, sure. long time. Um, and a lot better than some of the others. Then? Do you see him as somebody that I know he's not there at Tottenham? Do you see him as somebody that can handle Pogba or Sanchez or players that necessarily need a degree of more domestic management because they're they're being paid an ordinate amount of money? You've got fans coming every single week to see them, and the performances of these players leave a lot to be desired. Well, that's that, that is an unknowable. But I will say this: Pochettino wouldn't manage those either. As soon as anyone's a problem, he gets them out of the team. Um, he, he, for instance, just believes that the, the collective is so important that the first time he sees trouble uh, at the mill, he tries and get, he tries to move them on. Some of the problem this summer at Tottenham has been that the players he wants to move on, yeah. he couldn't find clubs for. He left Danny Rose, bless him, and I love Danny, um, he left Danny Rose behind, quote, to find a new club. Well, nobody was prepared to match his wages or, yeah. or he didn't and want to go to clubs as often, Watford, whoever it was, so back into the fold he comes. No, I guess... Look, I'm going to sound so up myself here and uh, pompous, really. Um, if I was given the choice of, a, you know, I'm not. Spurs are not going to get Klopp. He's in work. They're not going to get Guardiola. He's in work. Um, so I'd be looking for a manager of one generation behind Gareth, who can be the next of that that kind of manager. There's, there's two names that come to mind. I think his experience in the Premier League gives Eddie Howe an edge. Mm. And the other person I'll be looking at is Julian Nagelsmann, who is the manager of Leipzig. But Leipzig have infinite money, thanks to their Red Bull connection. And would he want to come? Back now to Saturday. And the manager of Sheffield United, Chris Wilder, was talking exclusively to TalkSport and Sam Matterface. Chris, it's a difficult result to accept when you've played so very well in the game. How have you consoled Dean Henderson and your and your team? I've not. I've not. I've told him there's a massive up, missed opportunity. And I believe that. You know, whether we caught the, the champions uh, of Europe um, on an off day, um, whether our organisation and shape, you know, frustrated them. You know, we were never going to go toe-to-toe with them and we were never going to go open up and make it a game of basketball because we got murdered. So... Um, we feel their big chances have, have happened because of our mistakes and whether uh, our big chances were their mistakes we need to take them um, and yet again both both ends of the uh, of the pitch of Costas Dean's you know uh, not made a routine save and you know it absolutely I, I, I crack up when you know ex-players say well you shouldn't, shouldn't 
you shouldn't chuck your players under the bus. Well, it's difficult to hide, hide when you're playing worldwide football in the Premier League that your goalkeeper should make a save. And uh, Leon Clark should score, John Fletcher should score, John Lundstrom should score. Uh, and we've had another couple of opportunities. And uh, so I expect that level of commitment from my team. And I expect, you know, a level of performance, but big moments. Norwich were brilliant three weeks ago. Man City had an off day. Norwich jumped all over them. Three shots, three goals, and ended up winning the game of football. Um, and, uh, and 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 did and did brilliant. We've had the same opportunity against an absolute top side to do what Norwich did, and we've not we've not taken it. And there's no point, I suppose, in your view of being sort of like happy about the fact that people will give you plaudits for the way you played. You've come out with nothing, and ultimately, we're in this division, you're in points. Sam, Sam, we're in here for points, aren't we? We're in here for points, and we've done that against Leicester, and we've done that against Southampton. All three home games that we've lost. You know, in my opinion, I'm not, uh, and I don't. I've got rose-tinted glasses, and I'm not a spin doctor. You know, and, and like I said, you know, it's difficult to hide away, hide away when things happen. Like I said, it's worldwide, and players have they want to play at the highest level. They got to take take the the the, uh, the, the criticism and uh, and and the exposure that, that that happens. And if they want to be players at this level and, and want to keep going and make a name for themselves, then we got to take the big moments, and uh, and we haven't. And Said it's been a great day. It's, you know, European champions coming to Bramall Lane. The atmosphere has been fabulous. You know, the exposure that it's get. But come on, you know, play well and win, or play well and get a result. And that's uh, we're in. Said Sam, we're in. We're in this division. Not to make the numbers up. We're here to compete, be competitive, which I believe we can, and to take points, which we which we haven't. When you said that to your players, how did they respond? I'm not really bothered. I'm not really bothered. I didn't think I'd give them time to have a look around. I just, that was me in and out, done, and then back to work on Monday. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This episode of the Talksport Daily is brought to you by Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Planning to hire or share a car or van? Enterprise is there every step of the way. Whenever and wherever you need a vehicle and whatever it's for, 
Enterprise can help. With over 450 locations across the UK, they're just around the corner. Whether you need a weekend rental, a holiday hire, a replacement car, or you're planning a business trip, home or away, Enterprise are there to help. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. And now, of course, onto the show, which is, I'm guessing, the main reason you've decided to download this podcast, and that's the Andy Goldstein Trans Europe Express, one of the best shows on TalkSport. Not the best, obviously, that'd be slightly biased. That accolade goes to Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Anyway, here's some of the best bits of the Trans Europe Express with me, Andy Goldstein, Andy Brassel and Kevin Hatchard. We're going to talk about Jurgen Klopp. We're not going to talk about Jurgen Klopp, necessarily the manager. We will a bit later on. But we're going to talk about the Jurgen Klopp before we all sort of realise just what sort of person he was. A little bit, but it, it's more about the unusual way that he started his life as a coach. Now, it was carnival time at the time. Now, Mainz is one of three uh, major carnival cities in Germany. But Christian Heidel, who was the sporting director, decided it'd be a pretty bad look to be out partying when the team was doing so badly. So the players stayed at home and so did he. And while he was at home, he was thinking, right, enough's enough. This can't carry on. So the coach, Eckhart Krautsun, he decided he's got to go. What they wanted to do was go back to something that they had tried under a guy called Wolfgang Frank. Now, he's a very, very important figure in Klopp's life because he was an innovative coach that when he was in charge of Mainz had brought in a flatback four. Now, what you've got to think of in Germany at the time is that they almost all played with a sweeper. So to play with a flatback four was, you know, very, very unusual. So he brought in all these tactical innovations. And while he had success, he didn't last that long because he was quite a highly strung guy. But the impression that he made on the club and the impression that he made on Klopp was an absolutely huge one. But the problem was all of his successors didn't understand the system. It was so complicated. So eventually they decided to get rid of him. And Heidel was there thinking, well, who am I going to get in? So he didn't have the internet then. So he's looking through all of these kicker books, all the coaches that are around. No, don't want him, don't want him. Do you know what? Let's coach ourselves. We won't get a proper recognised coach. The lads understand it. They played under Wolfgang Frank. We'll get them to do it. So he rings up Klopp and says, I know it's a bit crazy, but what do you think? Should we, should we do it ourselves? Klopp took four seconds to agree. So he said, I will lead the team because he understood Frank's tactics better than anyone. So he wasn't the captain at the time because he'd had the captaincy taken away because he complained to the one of the previous coaches, Dietmar Constantini, about tactics. He was going, this is ridiculous. We can't play like this. Constantini got fed up with it and said, right, you're not the captain anymore. But Klopp was the real leader of the team. And Heidel says that when Klopp got everybody together for the very first team talk, it was absolutely extraordinary. Heidel said if he'd have had boots and any playing ability, he'd have been out there ready to play straight away, even though they didn't have a game yet. And he said that, when he talked to the journalists about this, about the idea, they all laughed. They went, this is a joke, right? You're going to put Kloppo in as the as the coach? No, this is absolute rubbish. You're winding us up. And Zandro Schwartz, who we've mentioned before, who's the mm. current Mainz coach, was Klopp's teammate. And he said the players straight away bought into what Klopp wanted to do. They had this siege mentality 
that they felt nobody outside the club really believed in them anymore. They thought they'd down. They've got no chance of surviving. And even after Mainz won the first game under Klopp, they beat Duisburg 1-0, the assumption was still, okay, fine, Klopp has done the job in the meantime, but we'll bring a coach in now, right? So he kept on going and kept on going. The training was super intense. He would get, as Wolfgang Frank had done, get all of these poles out and put them on the training fields and get the players moving side to side constantly as a team so that the shape was maintained for the whole time. So he was obsessed with the distances between players, just making sure that shape was maintained the whole time. And after the 1-4-2 at Hanover, the squad went clubbing at a place called the Euro Palace, which is a place I would love to go to at once. <laughs> Any place called the Euro Palace would be fun. And Klopp was the life in soul of the party. So he still had that connection with the players. He still allowed them to have fun. Every player came in 10 in the morning, the next morning for training. Because yes, they could have fun. Yes, they could go out partying. But they were so wedded to his ideas and so determined as a group to actually make it work that even hung over, they were willing to go in and do the work that they needed in the training. But that's it for another podcast, you know. Well done, everyone. I mean, you've done really well just sitting there doing absolutely nothing, listening. That's tough, isn't it? Well done, listening. Anyway... Make sure you listen again to the next one, the one after that, and the one after. The next podcast will drop on Tuesday morning, which, of course, will have calls on the back of Manchester United against Arsenal. You can phone in and have your say live on National Radio from 10pm on the Andy Goldstein Sports Bar. Must go. Thanks for listening. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from Talk Sport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk.